welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It's so good to be here. I have a very special guest with me, Ashley Young. Ashley, say hey. Hello, everybody. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. Ashley and I were just catching up for a minute. It's Monday at the time of this recording and just kind of like, you know, coming into the week and transitioning from weekend festivities into uh, the week. And it's just, I don't know, I'm so excited about this interview. So Ashley, I would love for you to share um, more about yourself and what you do. I love that really having you on this um, this podcast is a fun experience. I think for one, you just joined us in female founders board, which is so, has been so fun. Um, we've been busy behind the scenes, really crafting and strategizing around some really amazing, um, experiences for your business. And also just the journey that you've had watching you grow and really deepen your own brilliance with your own audience has been really incredible. And so I thought it would be fun for you to share that journey. And also I think you have a very unique niche and I think sometimes people can assume that, you know, I can't help people make money. So I don't know how to demonstrate an ROI or I must not be a good niche if, you know, I'm not helping people lose weight. I think there's a lot of assumptions made in sort of the bigger pockets of the market, but you're crushing it and you don't do any of those things. So why don't you just give the audience a little bit of um, background of you and what you do? Sure. Thank you so much, Kinsey. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I've been a really long time listener of the podcast. And so it's just really, really exciting to be here. Um, so as Kinsey said, my niche is piano. I'm a piano coach for piano players and piano teachers. So my background is in classical piano. I grew up, I started playing when I was four and I didn't really ever stop. I went to college and grad school and got degrees in classical piano performance. And I was on this path of, you know, performing and competing a lot. And I always taught, uh, initially on the side and then eventually as my main business. And, um, for me, Teaching was always something that was so fulfilling because I absolutely love and am so fulfilled by helping people realize that they can do more than they think that they can do. Um, I love kind of like helping people squash through those um, sometimes those unspoken or unknown you know, limits that people put on themselves. So now what that looks like is I am mostly in the online space. I do a lot of stuff on YouTube and Instagram, and I work with adults now um, who really want to learn to play beautifully and to get past all of the notes on the page and express themselves through their music. And the way that I teach them to do that is by learning how to practice smarter, not harder. I'm all about being effective and efficient. And if you can come to the piano and show up and do things in an effective and efficient way, you're going to get those results so much faster. And it's going to be so much more meaningful when you get the results. Um, because you know, that point from, from point A to point B, uh, was just so much shorter. 
So good. I just love every time we meet and you get to talk about what you do. And just as I even learn more about your process and like your, I think that it's the underlayer. Like, yeah, it's the practicing and helping people play music. But when you talk about like musical expression and like really breaking through those limitations and doing things that you never thought was possible for you, like, I just love hearing about it. And I think it's just, you're such a talented, uh, you have such a brilliant mind, but I want to talk. You. So we're going to circle back to your program. Cause I definitely want to unpack a little bit of that for you to share how you're doing that in your program. But if we were to go back a little bit further, tell us about the journey from when you, I think you have, or maybe had an entrepreneurial mind when you started to teach piano um, we walk us through that journey, but also sort of inserting that time when you're realized maybe like, I don't know how to grow this beyond my one-to-one capacity or tell us more about that experience. Sure. Yeah. So I always, I always had an entrepreneurial mind, like even as a child, <laughs> when I realized that I could babysit and get money for that, uh, that was a big epiphany for me. And so going to school and starting out as a performer, I, you know, I was teaching and I always had this part of my brain that thought bigger. I always thought like, oh, someday I'm going to do something where I'm going to like grow a company. I'm going to have a company. I'm going to do something. And I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew that I wanted that. And my brain would always go in that direction. And so when I was teaching in person, like, you know, face to face, I, for a moment explored potentially opening up a music school and hiring people to come do in-person lessons, but the logistics of like, getting all the pianos and renting the space and the insurance and all the business things you have to go through. That is usually my least favorite part of being an entrepreneur. And so those limits felt so large and they felt a little bit um, weighty in that I felt like it would put more things that I didn't want to do on my plate and that that would overshadow the part that I really loved. And so for me, that change really started to happen in the pandemic. Um, I was recognizing that, you know, that was not a, a great time for most people. I happened to be very lucky because I moved my studio online. I was still teaching one-on-one -on -one lessons and I was getting more requests than I had time for. And so I, the wheels started turning of how can I move this beyond just myself? How can I create something bigger? And so I started to hire other teachers into the studio that could take on some of that one-on-one -on -one time. And then the wheels just kept turning, you know, okay, now can I do group classes? Can I increase this so that I can help as many people as possible. And I started a YouTube channel. I did so many things. And I got to this point where I was like, how do I make this transition from, you know, what I was doing before and the way that my mind worked before to what I want to do in the future and for all of the things that I envisioned. And that's about the time that I found and joined um, 10K. It was right about wow. that time um, when I was thinking bigger and I knew I needed more information in my brain before I could fully realize, um, and make that a reality. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I didn't realize that was around that time. So you had this, so it was kind of fast. I mean, slow, mm -hmm. but fast. I mean, like if you think about the pandemic, um, and I think it's so fascinating because if you go back to that time, so many people were so afraid 
And I remember having a lot of coaching calls with my own clients and they were so afraid to sell and they're like, everything's so uncertain. I don't know what to do. And there was so much fear around that, but the pandemic was actually such a huge launch pad for so many people, including myself. That was a huge year for us too. And it sounds like for you, it was sort of that, just like it propelled you in a direction you needed to go, um, that had you also asking yourself different questions and problem solving at a higher level, which is really really cool. Can you tell us what was sort of, so we heard like, it's like, oh, unicorns and rainbows, right? All the time. On the other side of that though, what were some sort of negative emotions or thoughts that you had during that time that you had to overcome? Sure. Um, so it was hard. I mean, there was just the day-to-day, like it definitely took an amount of time before I was really comfortable and confident teaching online. Um, I would say I made the transition quickly and it was a forced transition. And it's something that I acknowledge because I had this mental block for so long about doing online teaching. I didn't know that it would be as effective. I didn't know if I could do it as well. And there was like the technology hurdle for me. I, I always go back to the fact that like my roots are that I'm a classical musician. <laughs> yeah. And so I wasn't super comfortable on zoom or working like the microphone and the lighting and all of that. Um, and so that was really hard for me. But once I got through that, um, the possibilities seemed endless. And I think that whenever we're at times in our life where the possibilities seem endless, it can be really exciting and also really, really overwhelming. Um, you know, I had all of these ideas that I went into like a little bit naively thinking like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Originally, I was just going to start a YouTube channel. And that was like my business idea, you know, and I had no idea how difficult of a process that would be and how much work it would really take and that that wouldn't necessarily immediately be a sustainable business model. So there were a lot of little hurdles along the way and they were difficult. But for me, like those are always the times that spur the most growth too. you know, I, I can usually when I'm in a really challenging time and I'm like, OK, I'm in the swamp. I feel this. I'm in the swamp. I know one day I'm going to be looking back at the swamp. And it's not going to feel this way. And I'm going to have all the lessons that I learned while I was in the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I resonate with that. And I think I've shared even on the podcast several times, we call them like identity crises, right? When you're like in the darkness, you don't know where you're going. You're going, you're moving, right? Because like, you're like me, you just keep going. You don't stop. Like the fears there, the doubts there, but you know, if you just keep moving, right. And the only thing that's going to stop you is if you decide to quit, right? So you just yes. keep moving. And when you're in the darkness, it can feel overwhelming. It's sort of like when my toddler like puts a bucket over his head and he decides to run around the house is like, you're likely going to run into the wall. Right. And, and knowing that doesn't stop him from doing these shenanigans. Right. And I think that's what we're sort of doing as entrepreneurs. We're like intentionally deciding to fail when we know that by moving, by keeping moving in that direction, in that sort of like, sometimes it feels like you're going backwards. But again, that momentum doesn't stop. And so I let, that's such a good depiction of that too. I think in like the swampy feeling and what I'll say is like, the more you go through it, the more, you know, like you said, it's like, okay, I know I'm here. I'm going to look back on this and realize like I was in the swamp and I needed to go through this to get to the other side of that, yeah. which again is, I think the most uncomfortable part of building a business and helping more people is because there is a lot of growing pains. Can you talk about specifically maybe some growing pains that you've had? Yeah, definitely. So I think uh, one of the biggest growing pains that I, I feel like I'm still kind of in is I do still have one-on-one -on -one students mm -hmm. and I love that part of my business, but I'm making the transition to a different kind of business. You know, I've always had clients that are 
long-term, you know, they stick around month after month, year after year. There are people that I've taught from like the time they were in kindergarten all the way through, you know, middle school. And so I have long-term clients. And now the way that I'm focusing my business is getting people into my program, which still is a long-term relationship, but it's, um, it's not necessarily set up so that it's like a monthly recurring charge. It's like, they'll pay, they'll join my program and they'll be in the circle for a while. And it's really hard for me because there's all of this doubt about like, one, will it work? Two, can I do it? Is it sustainable? Is it something that I can actually do? And I know that other people do it, but there's always that difference of like, but can I really do it? And so I think for me, that doubt creeps in probably on a daily basis. So I do a lot of reassuring myself that like as an entrepreneur, I've literally never been employed by someone. I mean, I've had like side gigs, but my main source of income has always been myself. And so I always have to come back to that. Like I know how to create and sustain a business. I can do that. So even if the business looks different, it feels like this huge risk every day. I doubt it, but I I also really try to reassure myself that I can do that, even if it looks different, but it definitely exactly what you described. I feel like I'm a toddler with a bucket on my head. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, will it work? This is it. This is our analogy for the rest of the year. That's so great. Um, I love what you said too, about all I knew myself was as a classical musician. And I think that a lot of service-based entrepreneurs can um, really resonate with this because it's like, well, I know how to get people results when I'm with them or when I'm in the gym with them, when I'm training them or when I'm on the phone with them or I'm one-to-one private coaching them. But like, how is this going to look from more of that scalability, right? What is, how do I put many people through a program and still get them the same result? And I think even for you, it's like, how do I take this thing that I used to literally, right? Teach side by side with a student. How do I take that online and still create those results? And I think this is the biggest thing we have to overcome when we're starting to look at scalable offers is really translating that brilliance um, to more people while still protecting the results of our clients, our students, and our members. And, but for you to even start with this thought of like, well, I'm just a classical musician. Like I like what, like, oh, and I have to also like set up a ring light and get you to yeah. like, what is all these things. But I think what you have done and what I've watched is sort of embracing all parts of that. Cause you even said the other day, like, I love creating content, right? You, yeah. you said that. And so you started to really love and embrace the journey, um, which I think is where we, where you get to have fun. Can you talk a little bit about like parts that you have enjoyed that were very unexpected for you as you've started to really scale your programs? Absolutely. I think that's been one of the most fulfilling things is learning about these different parts of myself that I had no idea existed. Um, Because you know, and I will, I, I'm so grateful. And I credit the time of like the pandemic really forced me online. It did. I, I don't know. I mean, I like to think I would have made that change eventually for a smart, savvy business mind, but I don't know that I would have. And so, um, I did start the first thing I did was the YouTube channel. And I am so surprised by how much I enjoy editing videos. Like I I was so hesitant to learn how to use iMovie and to like do it all, but I love it. I love the process. I love that I can look back even a month ago and I can be like, oh my gosh, I know so much more now than I did then. And I'm doing it better. And there's this constant improvement and it's empowering to do things that you didn't think you could do or that you didn't think you would be good at. Um, So I think editing videos and conceptualizing the video or the content, I should say, as a whole now is something that I really enjoy that I used to just be 
so intimidated by it. And I think it just takes practice. Like I know in two months, I'm going to look back on the video that I filmed later today. And I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, how did I not know these things? That video is not nearly as good as what I'm doing now. And the other thing for me too, and this honestly, the confidence directly ties back to, um, to you, <laughs> to 10K mm. is pre like copy and really using my voice in a way that I'm confident is expressing what I want to express. Because like you said, I I've always been, you know, like in the back of my mind, you know, just a classical musician. And I, I know that my mind is brilliant in certain ways, like in being able to learn a piece and perform it and play it and communicate on that music without words level. But when I actually have to speak to someone and, and tell them, what that process is like or how to do that. It was so hard. I knew I could teach people, but to like explain how I teach and explain why it works um, was something that I was lacking so much confidence in. And so, you know, getting to my computer every day and just writing out content, just writing it out, just writing it out. And that it's the same thing as editing videos. It's just that creation every day, flexing the muscle, the confidence has come. And I do the same thing. I look back two weeks ago and I'm like, oh man, why did I write it like that? <laughs> um, but I always feel like it's getting better and better and better. And it's just, it's a very empowering and exciting feeling to know that you can have that lifelong journey. Like you're always learning. Oh my gosh. This is so there's so much there that I want to unpack, but I think first it's this idea of like, I just do it. And that develops the mastery instead of waiting to believe that you're ready and then go, right? Which yes. keeps you, which keeps people stuck. And I think I too, even, you know, I talk about all the time how I had severe public speaking anxiety. Like even in corporate, I would have to speak in front of old, a bunch of old men mostly. Um, but <laughs> I, I just remember like clinching up. I was sweating. I would black out even sometimes. I wouldn't even remember what I say. I just remember seeing stars. I had just such a fear, but there was still this desire within me that wanted to develop that. And I, I just imagined yeah. myself speaking on stages. And so it was like what you said earlier is like, there was something bigger there that I knew. I just didn't really know what that gap looked like. And so I just leaned in and I remember a mentor challenged me. She's like, you need to go live every day on Facebook for a hundred days. That's going to develop your skill. I'm like, what the, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way, but I did it. And those videos, they still, that was probably, I don't know, four years ago. Those yeah. videos still pop up in the, my memories and I want to cringe. I'm like, yep. <laughs> what was I doing? Like who, what? Like, it's awful. Sometimes I can't even look at him, but it was like, I have to go back and thank her, right? Because those, the willingness just to be awkward and learn and show up is what got me here. It's not that I just like woke up one day and was a master in speaking or like knew how to show up. And just like for you, it's not like you just woke up one day and had this crushing YouTube channel and this program that's selling out, right? It's the journey from here to there and your willingness to yeah. just lean in and know that it's not going to be perfect, but the only way you really perfect, right? Which to your point, nothing's ever really going to be perfect. It's a learning process. Mm -hmm. And you are just a set, you're the epitome, right? Of that journey and like the journey of becoming. So I really love the way that you really teed that up for us. That was really beautiful. Thank you. I think the one thing that is, that has stuck is like, you know, learning how to play the piano and starting when I was so young, you just practice right? And then what you learn later and what I learned through grad school is like, you never actually reach a point that you're like perfect at it or that you know everything. Mm -hmm. You actually, it's a lifelong thing. And most of the 
the benefits come from just showing up every day, that consistency and just doing it. And I think it's scary as adults to admit like we aren't already the finished product or that we don't know everything and to just allow ourselves. Cause it's kind of like, I think most people will not allow themselves to be that consistent. It's too scary. Too much change happens when you show up and do something every day and commit to it, whether you feel like it's garbage or not. Um, it, too much change happens. And I think that it's, it can be terrifying, but it's so rewarding. Yeah. So good. The other thing you said, which was really good. And I know a lot of people would resonate with is like, I know I'm really good at something, but I don't know how to translate that, you know, through content in a way that's compelling. And this is another skill that's developed. Right. And I think that's something you really started to hone in, in 10 K content collective, when you were like, Oh, like this copy, right. Copywriting call it, you know, content creation, copywriting, whatever, but it's really like you staying true to you and your brilliance, but, but aligning that right to the, the people that you want to serve and bringing them in, in a way that's compelling. And I think one of the the challenges is like, well, I just, if I just share how good I am at something, won't people want to hire me or won't people want to buy my program? But there's a shift there, right? There's a shift. Can you talk a little bit about like what that shift looked like for you to translate like your expertise in a way that was compelling? Was there any sort of aha or was it really just sort of, you know, the, the putting in the daily consistency in writing? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. I think there were, there were many ahas and definitely the daily consistency in writing was helpful, but in working in 10 K, I think the, the thing that kept, um, getting put in my face, you know, when we would work together on coaching calls or when I was consuming the, the videos and things was taking things to a deeper level in what I was saying. And I always felt for me in particular, like, I would joke around, like I play the piano because I can express things that I can't express with words. Like I knew how to connect to that depth and to connect to that inside myself through one medium, through the piano. And I think in 10K, I learned how to connect and express that in other ways, like in, with actual words. And so for me, the big um, epiphany came one with like niching down and not being afraid to stand up in a strong way and say, this is what I do definitively. Sorry if that hurts your feelings. Sorry if that, you know, I don't need to apologize. Like the, the right people will be attracted to my message and the wrong people will, will be repelled. And that's actually a really good thing. And for me as a people pleaser, that was an, a huge epiphany. Um, and then taking it deeper, you know, like why the learning how to ask those questions, like, why do you do what you do? What does that mean? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for the people that you're working with? and really going beyond those initial thoughts or like the initial content, I now have like several drafts of going deeper and deeper and deeper before I post something. Mm, that's really good. I didn't know you were, were you, uh, questioning your niche before you came into 10 K? No, 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 no. Okay. I wasn't questioning my niche. I think I was just afraid to really stand up and say, this is my niche, uh, because I didn't want to exclude people. I was trying to kind of speak to like all piano players, as opposed to like just adults who were self-taught or coming back to, you know, like just being very specific about, about the one person that I, yeah. or the one kind of person that I serve. Good. Awesome. I love that. I love that you reiterated that. Cause that's a really important message. Um, okay, let's pivot to your program. I want to know more about, well, I want my audience to know more about your program and how you're doing this. Cause I think this is so innovative. And I think when we think of like category leaders, right, it's the innovation and you have done this so well, cause you have taken something, I think, again, going back to this idea of like, well, how am I supposed to teach somebody that online? Or how am I supposed to translate this in zoom? But you're taking a skill that 
is traditionally taught in person and you're teaching it via online and also through a program that can bring many people in at once. So tell us about your program and how you've used this online experience to continue to see uh, your clients get results and talk about the results that your clients are getting. Sure. Um, so I think the the best part about being online is that it can be an international program. I have people now from all over the world and there's this community element that I could never achieve before. I've always been a community lover. I love to bring people together. But when I was teaching in person, it didn't matter how many people were in my studio or how many people I invited to recitals. You know, the, there's a maximum amount of community feeling you can have because you're one-on-one, -on -one. you're face-to-face -face with someone and you get elements of the community. But now that I'm online, the number one thing that I hear over and over again is like, I had no idea the group classes where we meet face-to-face -face and get to see each other play would be so educational and so beneficial and that I would get so much from that community. Just being able to see someone else do what you're trying to do and recognize that you have the same struggles. I think that that is so, it connects people to that sense of like shared humanity um, and they don't feel alone anymore. You know, in one-on-one -on -one lessons, like I grew up I thought piano was only a solo instrument because I always had one-on-one. -on -one. It was like this thing I did by myself, but there's so much potential for collaboration. And so people are really connecting. And I think that is wonderful to see because I had dreams in my head of what this community could be like. And so to now see it actually coming to fruition is really powerful. And then people are also just playing. Like the, the number one thing that people will say is like, I can do what I wanted to do. I can just play now, <laughs> um, you know, because they're learning. I work with people that are already practicing. I'm not like having to convince them they need to practice, but mm -hmm. they're practicing in a way that might not be getting them the results that they want. And so to be able to just, you know, tweak what they're doing slightly or show them a method that helps them break through the, the problems that they're experiencing, and they can just have that connection to the music mm -hmm. and they can, you know, really make that time for themselves and like connect with themselves deeply. It's just, it's really beautiful to see. That's so good. And I love what you said. I'm not convincing people that they need to practice. I am bringing in people that are already practicing. And I think this goes back to the niche, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about like really identifying where your potential client is on their journey of like what you do for people. And that was one of the things I think that really separates you because you're not teaching people from beginning. You're not, it's not new. Like it's people that are already playing and already practicing, which mm -hmm. elevates, right. That's like an elevated version of your, of an ideal client. So I love that you said that. Um, what does it look like? How do you, cause I think this is a question or this, I think you can be proof for others that you can literally do anything online. How yeah. do you actually teach people? Like, what is the method of like, how are people learning? Is it through live lessons? Are they downloading music sheets and you're walking them through that process? Is it really just like step-by-step -step the curriculum? And then they're coming to, um, you know, live sessions with you. Like talk about that. Cause I think what I want people to hear from this and for you listeners, uh, really again, being innovative about the type of experience you create for your programs. I think a lot of times we get narrow-minded of like, I'm going to do bi-weekly coaching and they're going to get this as a result. And I think, Ashley, what you've done is you've innovated this space and in, in such a beautiful way. And I want people to, I just want to encourage more people to be innovative. And so really yeah. just, you know, getting the, the juices flowing. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like and how you're kind of bringing people to their results. 
Sure. So um, I do have curriculum. So I have, uh, you know, videos and PDFs and all of that kind of stuff. And that takes them through a process that is important where they first address their practice routine and their mindset and things like that. And so that actually does take them through a process of like building concepts on top of other concepts um, that will really help them have those epiphanies on their own time. And then I also have the live group classes. And so we do meet twice a week and people can come in at any point in the process. And that's kind of what I love about the group classes. And that's something that I've never seen anyone else do in an online course or program is it's open to all levels other than beginners. So you have to be able to read music because I, I started out, I knew I did not want to work with beginners because I've done that my whole life. And I was like, I'm, I'm ready to go beyond that. And so they can come in with a new piece and they can say, okay, how do I go about learning this? And I'll throw it up on the screen. And as a group, we'll go around and I'll give pointers and then I'll open it up to the class and they'll give pointers and, or they can come in and they can play a complete piece and say, I've been working on this. I want to play it. And I want to get feedback. And what's so great about it is that like you can learn because my program focuses not on specific pieces. It's not like everyone's going to learn how to play for a lease. It's everyone's going to learn how to practice, which methods are you going to use that will get you which results. And so it doesn't matter the level or the piece or the genre, anyone can watch that and leave class feeling inspired with like a new nugget of information to apply to their own practice. So, and I, I don't, I don't know of another program that exists like this. Oh and so it's, it's fun in that way. Um, cause it's, it's unique and it fulfills me. And I think that that was like, I wanted to create something that I really wanted to do. Um, and then it also is very beneficial, um, at, in getting clients results. So that yeah. combination to me is like perfection. <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. And I remember having a conversation with you, I think last week or maybe the week before when we were mapping out your perfect. What did we decide? Piano lab or piano practice lab. Yeah. Yes. So fun. (laughs) Um, we'll have to, um, link up show notes to that. Um, but you said like, you are so confident in the, your ability to get, uh, your clients results and you talk like this works. And I think that's really important. And you may have not always felt like that. And some days maybe you don't, but I think when you anchor in that languaging every day, it's like, I am confident in my ability to get people results. I am confident. I love my offer. I love my program. And like, yes. you just build that skill of loving your services of loving your programs. And that's magnetic. Like, and I think that's what makes you so magnetic is like, you know, you can get your clients results. There's no question in your mind, even though again, some days you might have doubts, but you go back sure. to that foundation of belief and you again, keep running around with a bucket over your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. And also I think it's important to mention that you are making incredible money. I think you, again, <laughs> this can be very, uh, there's a dichotomy in our industry of like being heart led and being a master at your craft. But then what we see is like people not actually charging the prices that they deserve or aligning to their revenue goals. And you're making really great money and also making really great impact. And I think again, you're proof that these can occur <laughs> simultaneously, right? We're like really yeah. creating high level services and programs and also really staying true to like the types of the type of money that you want to create for yourself. I think you had like a 17K month in January or something crazy. Like you yeah. are 
21. Growing at, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're growing at a rapid pace, but also in a way that feels fun and good to you. I think too, mm-hmm. you shared, it was like making that much money also kind of like wigged you out a little bit, yes. which I think is <laughs> so true. And like, nobody ever prepared me for that part either. Right. And I would love to talk about that for a minute, because I think what happens is it stretches it's another identity crisis where it's like, you've never made that much money before. And so you start to have this um, cognitive dissonance almost, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, like what is happening, right? And your brain wigs out and then you do weird things and it's just like a weird cycle. But talk a little bit about this idea of like making money, doing what you love, making great money, and also some of the beliefs or uh, thoughts that you have to work through as a result of that. Oh my gosh. So much. (laughs) Um, I think that it's for me, what I'm learning is if I show up and I operate in true alignment with like myself. So I am a generous person. Like I want to help people and I want to get them those results. And if I can craft my offers from that place, not from scarcity, not from like, I need this to make a lot of money, but if I can come and show up in my business from like, I genuinely want to help people. I want to get people results. How can I offer an experience that's like mind blowing to them where they're like, what she's offering? What? Oh my gosh. Of course we have to do that. Um, that is so much fun for me. And that's what happened in January. Like I just came out with this like amazing offer. I felt like so generous. Um, it was really like a fast action or a fat, you know, like it's only available for January just for my program, but with some added bonuses and it felt amazing to me. It was in alignment with like how I wanted to operate. I felt like I was being overly generous. People were so excited that I was doing it. And, uh, so in that way it was so successful and then, yeah, it scared the crap out of me. (laughs) It really was. It was an identity shift because I was like, you know, I, I actually in working through, um, something in 10 K, I was like setting my revenue goals for 2023. And I was like, okay, this is what I want for the year. This is what I have to make per month. Um, you know, going through mapping out each quarter. And I was thinking like, probably because it's a slightly unrealistic goal, like hopefully I'll hit it by the end of the year. Like maybe by Q4 I'll get there. And then I hit it in Q1 and I, or in the first month. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, so it definitely spurred inside of me. Like, can I do that again? Is it possible? Mm -hmm. Did I set like a goal that wasn't high enough or did I set this crazy goal? And it was just a fluke that I hit it. And so I think just coming back to that trust, that's what it's all about for me. I, I do a lot of reassurance of like, I trust that I can create whatever I want. I, I know that to be true. I've done it so many times in my life, but I think we get so wrapped up in our heads in reacting to things. Like when I really look at it, I'm like, no, I know I was in alignment. I know that was a good offer. I know the actual business practices that I did to make that happen. And I can do that again. I just have to come back to that center and reassure myself of that. That's so good. And nobody can take that away from you, right? The knowledge, the skills that you have, nobody. And I think this is something that we have to work through a lot when we see people like stuck in corporate or avoiding walking away from their secure paycheck when actually that's not secure. In fact, I've had several girlfriends in high level leadership positions that literally walked in one day and got fired and Mm -hmm. their multi six figure salary gone, right? That nothing in life is secure, but other than the skills, the trust that you develop with yourself, like nobody can take that away from you. And I think when you know how to create opportunity on demand, the like sky is the limit. Yes. And it's, it's so fulfilling because you're anything that I do in my business, I'm learning my own lessons from. And it's like, um, 
it's like you're constantly at school, but what you're learning is directly benefiting you. There was a brief moment of my path where I was pursuing academia and wanting to like be a college professor and where I was teaching at a college. And I got to the point where I was like, holy, whoa, I'm creating so much content and just giving it away. Like I just felt sucked dry of my brilliance. Cause I was like, it is my full brilliance that I'm giving them to do a good job and to be a good employee. But I, like the amount that I was getting compensated did not equal. I was like, this is not a fair trade. (laughs) Um, And I think you're right. Like so many people get stuck on the security, but it's not security. Security is like knowing what you have inside of you and knowing that you can do that over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. So beautifully said. I love that. I know so many people will resonate with that. Oh my gosh. So good. What I would love to know to close this out here in the next few minutes You recently joined Female Founders Board, which is obviously a big investment, and you were already crushing it. You were crushing it, and we were like, let's go next level. I would love to know, what was the decision that led you to um, coming in and and sharing that? I think I just want to share, I think it's important. People really hesitate in investing in their business, investing in themselves, and sometimes have a hard time knowing what is quote unquote, the right investment. And so I would love for you to share your decision process and what that looked like for you. Sure. Um, so I think for me, because I was in 10 K first, that was my first experience with you. And to that, it's kind of silly to say, like, it seems crazy, but to that point in my business, that was the most I had invested mm-hmm. at one time. And now that's like silly to me. Um, cause it wasn't much, it was nothing, you know what I mean? But at the time it seemed like this huge investment, but I found myself after like two months of being in 10 K saying to people, um, you know, I spent like 25 times this on grad school, but I have learned more in two months in 10 K that will serve me for the, the rest of my life in my business than I ever learned in grad school, like different kind of education, but like the skill set that I developed is exactly what I was talking about. I can rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, create money from what I learned in 10 K. And so when it came time to think about female founder board, I knew I was going to do it. Like it wasn't even a question because for me, I know that if I, if I have this larger vision of myself and what I want, I need to be surrounding myself with people that are doing that. And I want to be in rooms with people that are making 10 times more money than I'm making or where their business are businesses are 10 times the size as mine. And in order to have a pathway from where I am to that larger vision, I need to be able to see what that looks like and, and experience that with people that are doing it. And so female founders board has that. Um, so it was actually like the second that I heard you mention it, I think on the podcast or in 10 K I was like, Oh yeah, I'll be there. I will be there. It's just a matter of when. And then the, I I was actually talking to my mom on the phone and I told her that I joined and I was like, what's wild is I have literally no feelings about that amount of money anymore. Like I don't, because I, I know how beneficial it's going to be. I mean, I've been in there such a short amount of time and I've already learned so much. I've already been exposed to so many new ideas through all of the incredible women that are there. And so it was like, whereas 10 K felt like this big investment and this big like decision FFB did not. I was like, no, it's, it's that amount of money, but like, I'm going to make that back times 200. You know, it's not, it's not about the money at all. That's so good, Ashley. And I think it's just a a testament to the journey, right? That you've taken Mm -hmm. and those steps, right? Those baby steps to get to the larger steps, which also are just a bunch of baby steps. And you have just leaned in every day and you've done some things that might have been uncomfortable, but you're like leaning in and it really has just been so fun to watch. And I am so excited for the things that you've been building that I've had 
insight into and just seeing these things come to life has been super fun. And of course, it is such an incredible niche and you're serving people in such a way it, it needs to be there. The market, I think there's a huge gap. And so it's been just such a pleasure. Ashley, I would love for you to share where can people find you? Like, where do you want them to look you up? We'll also include some links in the show notes, but as we wrap up any last words you want to share and again, telling people where they can find you um, and anything, even you might have something exciting coming uh, (laughs) that you're about to reveal. We can release that too. Sure. Um, so if people want to find me, the YouTube channel is a great place to just check out some of my tutorials and see what I'm about and how I teach. Um, Instagram is a really great place. If you actually want to get in touch with me, um, you can DM me on Instagram and I am so excited to have, um, with the work that I've been doing with you, Kinsey, uh, I'm launching later this month, a, a really amazing live training opportunity called piano practice lab, um, where I'm going to work with people to help them, get beyond the notes to that deeper meaning in the music um, through those four days of live training. And it's going to be really, really fantastic. I'm working on it every day and I'm just so excited to launch it. So yeah, we'll definitely link to that. And then I think last words to, to anyone listening. Um, I, I love to always end like everything, every piece of content with just like, trust yourself, trust yourself. You can do this. Like just come back to your inner self. Like you are strong. You've got this. I know it's so hard as an entrepreneur and it can be really hard at every level to like trust that you can make the leap to the next one, but just through that repetition, like anybody can do it. Mm, so good. Ashley, thank you so much for your time here. It's so much thank you. I have notes full here. And I, so I know the listeners are going to get incredible value. Thank you again for your time. Thank you, Kinsey. Have a great one. You too. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. See you there.